Hey, Anthony, it's that time again. To find out who was the best Chris? Yeah, yeah, wait, no. No, not at all. Then what? It's time to make the podcast. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that thing. Once again, we have reached that time of the week. Time to dive into the movies we love and the movies we wish we could forget. Pitting them against each other to receive praise uh, or hatred. Based on a scale of our choosing. So let's jump into it. This is the Double Feature Podcast. Hey folks, what's going on? Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Double Feature, where we got uh, double the rockumentaries, uh, double the parody. Brad, what's going on? Uh, it's going good, especially with the movie lineup we had with this one, because man, th- this one I pretty much picked all the movies for because they're all favorites of mine. <laughs> Yes, uh, all of these films, with the, I want to say slight half exception of a CB4, I I just saw for the first time. I I wanted to take a quick second, you know, say rest in peace to the king, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Got some pretty uh, uh, sad news over the weekend that he uh, died after a battle with uh, colon cancer at 43. Yeah, at time of recording, that just came out. Was it yesterday or was yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Dynamic actor, man. You know, uh, of course, we know him as Black Panther, but, you know, he also played James Brown. Um, a lot of leading figures in black history. Je- uh, James Robertson, not James Robertson. What was his name? Jackie Robertson. Uh, Thurgood Marshall. Yeah, great actor, man. And uh, passed away too soon. Oh, yeah. And out of nowhere, too. Nobody was expecting it. Uh, apparently, he's been battling uh, cancer since like 2016. And yeah, four years. Yeah, he was going through filming movies between surgeries and everything like that. And I remember a lot of people always looking like he always looked tired during like press junkets and everything like that. And kind of looking back at it now, it's like, Dad, that makes sense now. He was probably like just yeah. getting out of some kind of surgery and jumping onto the bus to start promoting, you know, the latest Avengers movie and everything like that. It also makes more That's sense a- why he wanted to drop uh, Black Panther after the second movie. Yeah, because at first I didn't understand that. I looked at it like, oh, maybe he don't want to be, uh, maybe he doesn't want to be a soup sign a Marvel contract for like ten films. But then now nah, it makes sense. He's like, nah, I'm, I might be on my way out. Man, that's a hell of a thought to know that you your life expectancy might be cut short based yeah. on something that's out of your control. That's that's a hell of a thought, man. Oh yeah, it, the fact that nobody knew about it too. It it just took the entire internet by shock. Because everybody was basically just saying it, they never saw that coming. Yeah, I'm. A, I understand that though. I feel like as an actor, if you really want to keep your personal life personal, something there's nothing wrong with keeping something like that in house with your family. Like it's a shock to us, you know, the audience, the fans that don't know that didn't notice. But at the same time, it's like David Bowie. You know, he kind of kept his illness to himself in his last days, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just kind of surprising in this day and age where, uh, who right. was it? Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant with TMZ announced his death before his family even knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so something like this happening and it getting by all those kind of sensationalist news kind of companies and everything like that and nobody knowing about it, it's it's impressive in a way that he managed to keep this so under wraps. 
Yeah, I would I would agree. I, I would agree. Um, and what a hero in real life, you know. I uh, just want to say one more thing about him before we move on. Like, you know, to know that you got that illness and that your life expectancy may be cut, you know, dramatically short and still go to work, still bring entertainment to the masses. That's a hero right there. And, you know, uh, he also did work with, I believe, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, um, plenty of times. Yeah. He's yeah. done so much charity stuff because even some that I didn't even know about because he apparently was going to hospitals for like children's hospitals and everything and giving them, you know, Black Panther stuff, like signing it, taking pictures with them and everything, you know. And the amount of pictures that are coming out and each of them dated like different times and everything too. So it's not like he just went to one hospital and took like 20 pictures with kids. It's like throughout, you know, the press junkets and filming other movies and working on Black Panther and Infinity War Endgame. He was doing all kinds of charity things for communities, for children's hospitals, all kinds of stuff. The dude was like a saint yeah yeah literally um yeah rest in peace to chadwick man uh but on a more you know light-hearted note uh we got some good ones here man um i was pleasantly surprised with uh with this lineup that you gave me i didn't know walk hard would be on the list but you know we're we're dealing with a uh, rock slash rap uh mockumentaries here we got a uh, this is spinal tap um walk hard pop star uh never stop never stopping and uh well, well let's do this in order uh, we got spy this is spinal tap cb4 um walk hard and uh pop star never stop never stopping yes so do you want to go in that order yeah that's kind of what we've been doing this whole time yeah sure let's start with uh this is spinal tap okay so for this one uh I think it goes to say I absolutely love this movie. I I think it was one of the first movies I asked you, like, when we were trying to create a list of, like, movies to do episodes on. It was one of the first ones I threw out there. And I was surprised when I heard you had never seen it because it's such a cult classic. Yeah, I yeah, it has that cult feel to it. I always knew it existed. I, it's always been on the list, like, you know. Like uh, like the Princess Bride, another Rob Reiner film. It's always been on the list. Like mm. I, I I know it existed because I'm a fan of a uh, Christopher Guest who uh, co-wrote the film and I think co-stars in it. Yes, yeah, he's in it. Okay, uh, so give us give us a quick synopsis here. So this is Spinal Tap follows the imaginary band Spinal Tap. Uh, trying to get through a like small time, like almost indie rock band. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the band is in decline in popularity, but at the same time, you just get to see less of the, how they got there. And it's more of a behind the scenes kind of look at uh, what was the show behind the music. It's kind of like that, but for a fake band. Yeah. So they're doing interviews with the band. They're doing interviews with their producer. uh, They're doing interviews with their manager and kind of showing little snippets. Uh, The best parts of it, like the music in it isn't anything spectacular, uh, unlike the rest of the movies that we're going to be going through where the music is, you know, really well produced and everything in, along with it. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. It, it has some really good kind of like uh, instrumentals, but the vocals are intentionally 
you know, dumbed down by a large degree. Right, right. This is like um this was like the first mock the first like big mockumentary. This kind of like introduced that genre of, you know, mockumentary comedies. Yeah, it's actually the only rock documentary that Kurt Cobain uh, approved of and told people to watch. He said actually in prior interviews that there was no like good rock documentary out there and except for this is Spinal Tap, which is a movie that everybody should see before they start trying to like form a band. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, um yeah, when I was watching this movie, man, I um you know, I smiled at many times cuz I, I I loved the the bands they were like riffing off of like you you can see a little bit of early pink floyd yep you can see um you know of course the metal bands uh you know you you can see different aspects of like 90s rock and roll that this film is uh, well 80s rock and roll pardon me because this film came out in the 80s that this film is uh making fun of 70s rock and roll too and that very hairstyle metal or what was it called hair metal i believe so uh, it made me smile, man. Um, I can tell this film was a cult classic. I I wish I had caught on to it earlier than 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 let than um than this week because when I watched it, I I didn't I didn't really laugh as much. I chuckled in a few places, but it's one of those films where if it did even if it didn't make me laugh, I still got the joke. I understood mm. what it was doing. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure for its time, it was probably hilarious. Uh, but like, and you know, I know you still laugh at it today, but it's like, um, because I'm in an age where I've seen a lot of mockumentaries since then, I'm kind of like, oh, this is where it all started. Cool. Yeah. It's like, it's like growing up on the road, the road warrior and then watching the first Mad Max film and you're like, oh, all right, this was, this is all right. Yeah. I can see where it started. It's, it's nothing spectacular by today's standards, but watching right, it, right. you have a great appreciation for it. Uh, the interviews with the band members will always make me laugh though. Uh, especially when he's like showing off his guitars, check out this one. You know, do you hear that? I, I don't hear anything. Well, if I was playing it, you would hear it. It'd still be going like right now, you know, like, right. Right. And it's just like, Oh my God, (laughs) this is fantastic. Uh, then the whole amp going up to 11, which, I quoted so much after I saw this movie. I think that was like one of the biggest quotes from this movie that most people know is, uh, you know, most amps go up to 10, but you got nowhere to go from there. So this one, it goes up to 11. Well, why not make 10 the highest? <laughs> right, right. Well, no, no, that this one goes to 11. <laughs> it's just like, oh, right, this is uh, great. <laughs> the one scene... The- <laughs> <laughs> one scene that's funny to me um there's, there's a few funny scenes but this one that's it's just because of how nonsensical it is uh they're in a hotel room and uh i don't know that uh, two characters were talking then all of a sudden room service comes in just, just says like oh my god it took forever to get in here what, what did the person say like like room service came in and said something just random like it's it's uh it's like a thunderstorm out there in the hallway oh Crap! I know what scene you're talking about. Um, it's, just, it's just so out of out of nowhere. I'm yeah, just like, what, the, what was that? Um, that leads to like why when we get to Walk Hard, I I love that movie a little more. But um, with Spinal Tap, um, you know, and there's the one scene where they're talking about. Yeah, we had this one band member. You know, he um he tragically died, and you know, and he got replaced by this guy. What happened to him? 
basically. You know, he um he he tragically died, and um <laughs> they just they just keep talking about band members who joined uh, who died. It, it like, was the drummer, I, I think, that they started with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's like man. near the beginning yeah. of the movie when they're going through. Well, what happened to you? Started the band with uh, three completely different people. Yeah, yeah, they all tragically died. How? Tragically. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They're not even explaining why. Um, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I, 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 I um, I think it's a pretty solid movie, man. It's, it's, it's the, it's the show where the whole mockumentary thing begins. I give it that respect. Oh yeah, and it still has some great quotable things right now. Uh, the other scene that it will always crack me up is when they're doing the whole Stonehenge song. And uh, well, I think the problem is we had a Stonehenge that was going to be stomped out by dwarves on stage. Oh, it became a comedy. <laughs> the dwarves, I remember yeah. that. And then the lady showed them. Um, uh, showed them the 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 whole like little statue thing. He's like, he's like, what the bloody hell is this? This isn't what we ordered. Yeah. He says, no, this is what you drew. This is what you ordered. This says eighteen inches on it. You know, right. you're the smart one. He's not supposed to know what the difference between inches and feet is, but we hired you to do that. Yeah, it's uh, it's got so many great moments. It's it's a classic. If you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. It's it's a classic. That's all it is. <laughs> I remember what my favorite scene was. They're in a limo, and the limo driver's talking to them. And uh, the 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 roadie, she's reading a book. He says, "Oh, uh, uh, you're reading that book? Hey, have you gotten to the oh party? about they, Frank Sinatra?" Right. They lift the window at him, and he just kind of like talks to Rob Reiner, kind of like heated, like you know these these punks. They come on, they they come into this genre and think they can, you know what I mean. You know, he's just like just just like his demeanor, his natural demeanor was funny to me. Yeah, it's it, there's so many like great little scenes with it, and yeah, I, I think I, there's really not much to say. It did found a lot of like the starting for it. A lot of bands look up to this film, and like I said previously, Kurt Cobain himself said it's the only rock documentary that's worth watching. Which, that alone should tell you something about this movie. Yeah, I say give it a watch. Give it a watch. I, um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'd watch it again. But I'm glad that I saw it, you know. So, but next one on the list, uh, CB4 or Cell Block 4. Uh, this was the yes. first time I ever watched this one. So. This, this is the first time I watched this one front to back. So, uh, um. Not a lot of people know about this film. A lot of Chris Rock fans, I don't know about this film. So basically, CB4 is a um, is a is a rap mockumentary about this fictional rap group called CB4, named after the prison block where the the group was a, allegedly formed, Cell Block Four, and uh, it stars Chris Rock, uh, Alan Payne, uh, Phil Hartman as yes. uh, as a as a politician who hates the group, Chris Elliott as a um, typical white guy uh, documentarian who's uh, doing a documentary of uh, just filming um, a document, a documentary of the group. Charlie Murphy is like the, the gangster villain of the, um, of the film. So basically Chris Rock is uh, basically a well-to-do, you know, a uh, young guy uh, grew up in a well-to-do neighborhood who wants to start a, um, a gangster rap group. Because he loves gangster rap, 
And so basically, you know, um, he he starts it with his friends. One of his friends, like like very like black militant, uh, Alan Payne, who gives a great performance. Uh, the other mm-hmm. friend, you know, he's kind of like the man of his house. He has like a bunch of sisters. Uh, anyway, these guys aren't gangsters, but they they're making a gangster group, and uh, they run into trouble with uh, Charlie Murphy's character, who they got who they have beef with, and you know he knows the truth about them. Well, um, he stole his or they stole his identity, basically right, to right. make the band. Right, they stole they stole his identity. Um, yeah, very good movie, man. Uh, well, let me let me back that up. This is the first time I saw this movie all the way through, and uh, I think looking at it today, it is funny. Um, it, it 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 makes me laugh as to how it's critiquing. Same with Spinal Tap, it critiques the rap groups of that era. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I want to know what you, someone who's stepping into this uh, for the first time, what did you think of this? So it it definitely gave me a lot of laughs. Uh, it felt like a standard Chris Rock movie, though. So it uh, it didn't have anything special outside of a normal Chris Rock movie to me, but it was still very good. It The humor is there. Like the rap groups that they're mocking are all there. Uh, as soon as I saw that, cause I didn't look up anything about the movie prior to watching it. You know, you told me we were going to talk about this one. So I just found it, started watching it. So I didn't know that like Charlie Murphy was going to be in it. So when he popped up, I was had that moment of going, hold on. Is that Charlie Murphy? Yeah, That's yeah. Charlie Murphy. Oh my God. So it surprised me that I'd never heard of this because I love Charlie Murphy. He's hilarious in everything he's in. You know, I actually like him more than Eddie Murphy, if I'm being honest. Oh, that's, that's, uh-oh. Oh, that's, sac- that's sacrilegious <laughs> uh, to comedy. Uh, all right, you know, uh, different strokes for different folks. But yeah, because, uh, but I absolutely loved it. The comedy is there when it's trying to be there. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for, like, the parts with Chris Rock where it was basically Chris Rock being Chris Rock, it it would probably have a little bit of a higher standing with me, like give me an example, uh, like the sex scene with uh, oh. the one lady, <laughs> where it, I absolutely loved it. It was a great scene and everything like that, going between Chris Rock and the other member of the band, uh, and showing the difference between them. But every time it went to Chris Rock, it's like this is just Chris Rock. This isn't him playing a character. This is just Chris right. Rock being yeah, Chris yeah. Rock. <laughs> That scene is funny. Then they switch to the mannequin. <laughs> oh, that's right. When they're on the balcony and they switched. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that's a goofy gag. I I I can hear you. I, I hear you on that. Um. Yeah. This is a typical. It is a typical Chris Rock movie. Um. But I do think like for its time, it was groundbreaking in this in its um uh, in its topic. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. uh throwing jokes at at hip hop. Um. But doing it from a um from an intelligent sense, not just being an outsider. Like, of course, Chris Rock is a fan of hip hop in real life. So the yeah. critique comes from a, you know, a real honest, you know, loving place. So this was like, kind of like the first film of that time that, you know, you know, took the mockumentary to like another genre. So that, yeah. 
Yeah, he it definitely is a very good kind of mockumentary of rap and hip hop and everything like that. You can tell that there was a lot of like inside jokes made in it that all land perfectly. Uh, but just surrounding all that is a Chris Rock movie. That's like its only kind of downside. Uh, I feel like if it was kind of even starring Chris Rock still, but kind of going more into the mockumentary style, like this is Spinal Tap, it, it would have stood up a little bit better in my eyes. Or like any of the others that we have here, because it's not so much, you know, it, it feels like it's laying more on the fact that they had Chris Rock as the lead than the actual content of the movie. Yeah, I, I I would totally agree with you. Um, hmm. I'm trying to see what else I want to say about this. Uh, I like the uh, I, I like I like the cameos. Uh, well, the sound bites from like you know rappers that were big in that day, like Ice Cube, Ice T, Flavor Flav. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There I were a she- lot of little references to rap and hip hop around that time. Yeah, you know. You got Easy, you got Shaq and Halle Berry who do talk about the group at some point. Um, I think uh, you know parts of those are funny. Parts of those are kind of like okay, these dudes are probably friends of Chris Rock, whoever made this movie, and they're just trying to just put a few quotes in. Like, like sometimes I got that, and we'll talk about that with Pop Star. Like, you got a lot of famous celebrities, and it's kind of like okay, I get why they're in this to make this seem like it's a real band. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think one of the funniest scenes in this movie was uh, when um, Dead Mike uh, kind of when the band initially breaks up, he comes out with his song and all of it is literally like, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and oh, I'm black, right. black, and I'm black, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's, literally, that's the whole song. I love that it also has like the old style like uh, rap music video tone to it where it's just zooming in and out at different angles. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and then you got a uh, at one point when they um they film a video with with a song that's similar to Straight Outta Compton, just straight out of uh, wherever they were from. Uh, um, the white director is like, "Hey, good take, guys! You guys give somebody a high five and they diss them. Oh man, I love their I don't give a fuck energy." Yeah. Oh, not only that, but the politician, the the way that he like absolutely hates everything about the band is just great on its own because it's exactly what a lot of rap music had to fight back then and everything like that. So it it does a great job of mocking the difference between the people, especially because it's the politician's son that loves the band. And I think they even have a scene where it shows the inside of his room, and it's just CB4 posters all around right, the walls. Right, just rap and, music all over. The, and that's kind of true. You know, a lot of suburban kids love hip-hop. And, mm-hmm. you know, hip-hop kind of pissed off their parents. Like, you know, turn that mess down. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's kind of true. Yeah. What was the... It, it was the one singer near the beginning when they're like watching TV and Chris Rock is uh, watching a rap and then it changes over to who is it? The baggy pants guy, the guy that was making fun of uh, the hammer time MC guy. Hammer. MC hammer. Yeah, I think his name was a uh, wacky D wacky D <laughs> was it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that scene in particular, just being like, oh, that is hilarious that they're just mocking that entire thing where, uh, you know, his parents were like, oh, this is music right here. Right. 
<laughs> it's like you switch from um, your, your kid loves iced tea, but your parents love Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what that is. Yeah, that that was you know. that was a great scene. I love that. There's a lot of great little scenes in the movie. Uh, so you could easily pluck out great scenes that are like easily quotable and get a good laugh out of it. But yeah, overall, it just still, like I said before, it feels like just a standard Chris Rock movie overall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I guess that's pretty much all we can say about that one. Um, I just wanted to add that to the list because I, I feel like it adds to every genre we're talking about. So like Spinal Tap is obviously rock. This is rap. Walk Hard is country, folk music, and pop star is pop music. Yep. Um, all right, man. What's uh, what's next? Next one would be Walk Hard, the story of Dewey Cox. The Dewey Cox story. The Dewey right. Cox story, yes. Tomato, tomato. But uh, it, since this was your first time watching this one, what, what was your initial thoughts on this one? Oh, uh, man, dude. I, I did not know, like, I like John C. Riley. Um, I like him as a leading man in like, you know, like, um, how do I say this? Cringy comedies like Cyrus yeah. or even dramatic roles. I like him in a dramatic role. With this one, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, so when I watched it, man, I uh, I liked it, man. I, I, I it, it made me laugh um, from the first moment where we, we flash back to his childhood and he's talking with his little brother and his little brother's like, today's going to be a great day. Nothing is gonna go wrong. Oh, and, like, and, and then it starts the montage of them like running right. from bulls. Uh, doing a lot of dangerous stuff. Yeah, and then they end up in a barn, and and the little little brother hasn't died by now. But then they get into a uh, where they fight with machetes. Yep. <laughs> then the little brother gets chopped in half. I you have me. You have me. Uh, yeah, the entire movie, it never takes anything seriously. Everything's a joke. And if you go back and watch it a second, third, or fourth time, you'll always pick up on little jokes that are either making fun of something that's going to happen in the movie or mocking something that already happened that's going to happen again. You know, little things that you'll catch. And just everything, it, this is one of those uh, moments where you always think like the, what is it? The algorithm of comedy, which is how many jokes can you pack into a minute? It, this yeah. movie takes that to a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, every, every minute is a punchline. Um, so basically Dewey Cox is like a Johnny Cax mixed with Elvis, uh, mixed with James Brown, mixed with Jerry Lee Lewis, Ray Charles, you name them all. All the yeah. country folk bluesy singers, They this film makes fun of them all. Not only that, but uh, they're uh, all represented in the movie as well. <laughs> Normally enough. as fans of Dewey Cox. That wasn't an easy, that wasn't an easy feat uh, from a writing standpoint, so I'm kind of like impressed they pulled that off. Yeah, man, this film, it, it goes from one punchline to the next, you know, um... A little well, raunchy at times. Yeah. Even going back into the one scene with his brother being cut in half. So that's preceded by a scene with a doctor where he comes out and goes, this is a particularly bad case of somebody being cut in half. And Dewey's father goes, speak English, doc. We ain't scientists. <laughs> I'm okay, sorry. We dead. lost him. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the mother had vertigo. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> out the window. <laughs> 
Um, this movie is so stupid. Oh, and then Dewey is smell blind <laughs> the entire time, so he can't smell things. And I think it, that's a shot. I think that's a parody of a Ray, how Ray, you know, Ray was blind and, yeah. you know, the Jamie Foxx biopic, yeah. Yeah, that was a parody of how, like, a lot of musicians are, like, they have some kind of, uh, you know, they're either blind, deaf, stuff like that. So he went smell blind, <laughs> which affects nothing for music. Because I remember they bring it up constantly. How are you able to create such good music even though you can't smell? Well, I use my ears. <laughs> and it's man, just- uh... <laughs> It's it's a mile a minute for every joke. It, it it doesn't stop. It just continually like even when you're still laughing from a joke, you miss three jokes in the span that you were laughing at the one. This is how I know. Um, this this is how I knew I was gonna like this movie. Uh, the way it starts off, you know, the guy. Um, uh, what do you call him? I I don't know. Like the guy that works for the concert, you know, he he comes up and says, "Hey, Mr. Cox, we're ready for you." And then Tim Meadows, I, I gotta talk about Tim Meadows when we get to Pop Star. Okay. Um, Tim Meadows is like, uh, he's like, he uh, he has to sit there and reflect on his whole life. Yeah, Dewey <laughs> Cox needs to think about his whole life before he goes on stage and plays a song. <laughs> and then uh, towards the middle of the film, he's like, is he is he about done? Well, he just got into the '80s. <laughs> he's <still> staring <laughs> at the wall. <laughs> this movie is so stupid. <laughs> it, it's it, I absolutely love it. And it just, it's stupid moments like that where, yeah, it just comes back to the president. He's like, is he done yet? We, we're we going on in like five minutes. Nah, right. he just got to the 80s. <laughs> like he knows exactly in his memory where he is. It's just, there's so many stupid scenes like that. Uh, and, every, go right, and I was going to say, uh, no, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say every scene where Tim Meadows is trying a new drug, you don't want none of this, man. Oh this yeah, this is called reefer. He said, "Does it does it does it mess you up health wise? There's no long term effects." No, uh, no. The entire thing is, uh, <laughs> well, I don't want no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, <laughs> I don't want to get addicted. It's a non addictive or habit forming drug. Well, you know, I don't want to overdose. You can't overdose. Well, it's probably pretty expensive. It's the cheapest drug that exists. <laughs> I think I want some of that. <laughs> right. Like, I love how serious and concerning Tim Meadows' face is during that whole scene. Like, yeah. it's a non addictive drug. <laughs> it's non habit forming. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that entire joke goes for like every drug. Because what is it? it? Next one is cocaine. Um, then I want to say they go through PCP, um, LSD, acid. <laughs> right. It, All of that. Oh, it's and every time it has the same kind of like thing. You don't want this. What was the last one? The uh, crap. The the last one should have been rehab. That would have been funny. And the last one was rehab. These people force you to get your life together. No, it was um crap. Uh, no, this pill. Well, what does it do? It gives you a boner. (laughs) That's all it does. Straight up, he straight up denies it. Like, nah, I don't want. He said. Did, did you hear me? It gives you a boner. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I think that's the best part is it's like the least <laughs> like effective one for uh, like his health and everything like that. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to fall back into that path. Mm. 
But yeah, the entire thing is hilarious. Not only that, but it, they have constantly uh, different actors playing different musicians. So you have, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, and they're all playing, you know, as that musician. Which, which one was Frank? I must have missed Frank. Uh, the guy from Malcolm in the Middle. I'm blanking on his name right now. Brian Cranston? No, not Brian Cranston. Uh, the guy that actually played Malcolm in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, oh, 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 Frankie Muniz. Yeah, Frankie Muniz. Yeah, he played Frank Sinatra. It was one of the quick scenes, like when they're waiting backstage, and he's going, "Good luck, Dewey." Oh, <laughs> uh, he was Buddy Holly. He wasn't. He oh, wasn't Buddy Holly. Holly. That's who it was. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I must have missed that scene. Uh, it's a very the- quick one. Okay, the uh, the Elvis scene doesn't really make me laugh that much. It makes me it's it's a little silly seeing Jack White in that role, but like that scene, I was kind of like, eh, all right. The well, Beatles I, scene. Oh, see, I love the Jack White scene because uh, the whole like, ah, oh, it's called karate. Only two people right, know right. it: me and the Chinese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Um. I've quoted that one so many times. I know that one pretty well. The Beatles scene kind of ran too long for me. I I, I like most of those guys. Uh, Actually, I like all of them. Jason Schwartzman, Justin Long, Jack Black, Paul Rudd. But it's just like I – this scene is not funny to me. Like I I get some people who may laugh at this, but I'm like this is is a little too stupid. Oh, see, I loved it. And uh, even – Apparently, uh, who was it? George Harrison's daughter ran into Paul Rudd shortly after that movie came out and said she absolutely loved that scene with them all playing as the Beatles. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. it Apparently, all of them were kind of nervous about doing it, except for Jack Black, who is 100% pumped to you know be doing a comedic version of the Beatles. But everybody right, else right. that was on there, they were like talking on uh, an interview and they were like yeah we were all nervous until we ran to jack black on set we asked him you know are you nervous and he went nah and then we became more nervous because we realized jack black was gonna blow all our performances away <laughs> yeah jack black always always funny um what was i say the temptations show up at one point like the real temptations yes yeah the entire band shows up as themselves <laughs> Right, he says, no, not the Temptations. I can't take Temptations. Yeah, because he's walking through the hall, like, going like right, to right. the stage. Yeah, there, it, it's a mile a minute for every single joke. Like, if you don't know who the Temptations are, you're just watching that scene going, why is he yelling at them that the Temptations are back or they're coming? Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, pretty funny movie overall. I'm glad I, I watched this. Um Jonah Hill as a as a the grown up version as his brother makes me realize, yeah, makes me realize how much I miss Fat Jonah Hill. I mean, the Jonah Hill we have now is cool, but you know, like Fat Fat Jonah Hill in his prime was hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cameos in this one too, for like different actors and everything. Uh, not quite to the level of pop star, which we'll get into in a bit, but this one has a lot of cameo appearances from different uh, actors. 
and it does go through multiple genres of kind of uh rock country blues uh punk uh it doesn't hit like hip-hop or rap or anything like that actually you know what uh this film kind of um almost served as a premonition for uh uh old town road because yes. uh when when little nutsack samples walk hard into like this you know this vulgar rap song um and old town road isn't a vocal song but that kind of like showed how you know nowadays you got Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus getting together to make a rap a country rap song and you know it it, it goes off sampling a 9 inch nails instrumental you know it, there's there's levels to that so i i i like that connection i made there well the best part is that song came out like long past the movie so the movie ended up like guessing <laughs> what was going to be coming in the future as well with that right definitely but um yeah because they go through what was it the cocaine phase when he's doing the punk rock of you know nobody's gonna listen to you just talking fast into a microphone you're acting like some kind of punk and uh what else the perfect song which was mocking uh, Paul McCartney from the Beatles with getting, no, the goat was not going as strong as it could have. <laughs> that actually, uh, when they put that song together, that actually didn't sound like a bad song that would have came from that time. Uh, they actually, the song is real. So they, every single song that's sung in this movie by John C. Riley, there's an album with the complete versions of every song. And they're actually mm. really good. <laughs> Like unironically, la- <laughs> right? I was gonna say like the last song, "Beautiful Ride," is pretty good. Yeah, like that's one thing that this one and then "Pop Star," which we'll get into, it, the songs are they actually put a lot of effort into making the songs, and they're all actually like unironically good songs. Uh, along like CB4, you could tell that they were, you know, being ironic with, you know, the songs. With Spinal Tap, they were intentionally making them kind of bad vocals over great instrumentals. Right, right. And, but this one, they like put a lot of effort into making the soundtrack for it. And it's, it's all good. Like Walk Hard, I could see myself actually listening to unironically if it came out, like not as a, you know, comedy song. Uh, same with, you know, what were some of the other ones? Hold my hand, you know, you know who else has hands? The devil. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, uh, his father kept coming back, just kept coming back. The wrong son died. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You weren't even half the man the top half of your brother was. Are you saying I'm not even a quarter of the man Nate used to be? And then and they got into the, the machete fight. The yeah, end was so stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says, you have to be. Son, I realized in this moment I was wrong with the way I treated you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's, so stupid. that's the best part is it never even has like a serious moment. Like it, it starts to have that serious moment with Dewey coming back to his father. And his father is like, son, I've been waiting to kill you. <laughs> And, right. you know, it wasn't up until this point in time that I realized how easy it is to accidentally cut somebody in half. <laughs> it, it just, it never <laughs> stops. It just, the comedy just keeps rolling. It doesn't have, like, a sentimental moment, because every sentimental moment's broken up by another joke. But it's done well. It's not, like, cringy kind of breaking up 
like a sentimental moment, the sentimental moment is the joke. <laughs> I, I just like to say this this movie kind of showed as a starring vehicle that John C. Riley can stand on his own without Will Ferrell. Oh, one hundred percent. This film proved that, and uh, not that it needed to be proved, um, not drama wise, but maybe comedy wise. But like this, this film proved that you know he's 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 a pretty solid lead. Like um, it's a little off topic, I I've been watching some clips from his Adult Swim show. Check it out with Dr. Steve. Oh yeah, Brule. the one directed by Tim and Eric from Tim and Eric. Yeah, that show is so stupid, man. I I, I love <laughs> like, that one. <laughs> But again, like it's such a cringy Tim, Tim and Eric like show that John C. Riley is perfect for. Yeah, it actually started out as a segment on Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job. And then they kind of segmented it into its own show where he's a newscaster that reviews like a different topic like food, uh, right. sleep, and- uh, friendship, <laughs> like all these this random one, this- things. There's one clip where he goes into the library. And he's talking to the librarian, like, "So, yeah, this is the library. So, what, what do you tell me about you, you as a librarian?" Well, you know, in places like this, shh, we're in the library, you fucking dingus. You gotta be quiet. <laughs> then he's telling people to shut up. That's talking like it's, it's so over the top and stupid. Yeah, uh, yeah. John C. Riley is great. I absolutely love him in pretty much everything he's ever been in. Uh, there's right. very few examples of a John C. Riley movie I don't like. It's the same as Will Ferrell. There's very few examples of moments that he just does not click with a movie. You know, I've only seen Elf, like, I want to say maybe three or four times in my life, and those times when I was younger, I don't, I don't need to see Elf again. I'm all Elfed out. Yeah, yeah, I can... Yeah, I 100% agree with that one. I've seen that one. But still, at Christmas, if it comes on, I'm not going to turn it off. <laughs> I will. Yeah, do not. I, that, that movie was just okay to me, man. Like, in hindsight, it's just, it's it's a dumb movie. I get why it's so popular around Christmas, though. It's like one of those films. Like, Die Hard is like a Christmas movie now. I get it. Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, going back to Walk Hard, this is, I, I love this movie. I love every moment of this movie. It does not stop. If you haven't seen this movie, I highly, highly recommend watching it. Yeah, it's very funny. I, I was surprised. I, I, um, I was glad that this was recommended to me. Almost as glad as the last thing on this list, which, uh, I mean, I just couldn't stop laughing on this one. <laughs> um, We're going to move on to uh, Pop Star, uh, Never Stop, Never Stopping. So a little bit of background, like for me, like I've, I've liked the Lonely Islands music. Like I've listened to their first two albums. I think they're funny. Like they actually make great comedic music. Um, mm. I've never had actually seen an Andy Samberg film or watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine before I saw this movie. So I, I never really knew how he was as a lead or how the Lonely Island was with their or would be with their own film. And um, again, man, like Walk Hard, I was pleasantly surprised and then some like this film is fucking hilarious. Oh, 100 percent. Not only that, but in the same way that Walk Hard is like a mile a minute for every joke, either referencing something that's going to happen, something that did happen or mocking something that, you know, is going to happen that copies something that already did happen. Uh, Lonely Island's pop star never stop, never stopping takes it whole to a whole new level where there's yeah. subcontext jokes within the jokes 
that you won't catch unless you're actually like reading like the names of people or like the differences of uh, job descriptions and everything. Right. Uh, so, uh, like yeah. the whole thing of Connor for real. Uh, that's his last name. Freel is his last name. F R I E L. And you find that out due to the subtitles for uh, Connor's mom. Right. Like, kind of for real, um, this is a great character because it's basically a mix of Justin Bieber, Drake, and um, a demented uh, uh, fusion of uh, band members from NSYNC and Bass Street Boys. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the perfect archetype for um, a pop star slash uh, a, a chart-topping pop star slash rapper, man. Andy Samberg, uh, he he does great in this um, in this role. Uh, I I like it. I really did like it, man. Like just from the beginning, where, where they're going down his uh, his roots with the Style Boys, which are uh, with um, which is Akeem, Akiva uh, and Jorma Akima Schaefer and yeah. Jorma Tacone, which are part of the Lonely Island. Um, to uh, him becoming Connor for real and performing his hits on stage like the one song uh with with pink not gay i think it was called not gay yes where he just, that that was a take on macklemore i just know it was where he's like preaching like hey free love for everybody not gay though uh i'm straight yeah well the entire joke of the song is uh if i recall correctly this is the surprise hit that's hitting tomorrow too uh or the surprise release <laughs> release what do you mean uh when they're going through his uh how he like tells everything to his fans like over some social media he's like well tomorrow we're gonna do a surprise hit you know nobody's gonna see it coming you know so check that out when we secretly (laughs) release it at 3 p.m tomorrow (laughs) he he releases the surprise hit the thing that got me man was how he was basically going on social media to do every moment yeah just jerked off I'm a little vulnerable right now. Yeah. yeah, I just took a shit. Yeah, I just walked outside. Like, like this film, it, it hits all the right notes in making fun of like celebrity culture today. Oh yeah, it, it's it doesn't take any breaks. It continually goes through, and even every single song is great and mocking a different like aspect of like pop star culture. Uh, cause you have like the whole not gay song where he's going through, you know, I believe in, you know, rights for everybody, not gay. And like a man can love another man, chicken nuggets. And, you know, and just going through like a list of things, you know, the not so right. The not so subtle subliminal messaging he does in that, in that song though. Like, uh, like wrestling sharks, yeah. uh, masculinity in between his rhymes and pink is just looking at him like, what the f- and the best part is they start like an interview after that and you, you know, I can't remember who it was with, but they're like, yeah. And when he released that song, I don't think anybody told him that gay marriage was legal already. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so silly, man. Like, um, I wanted to comment on, um, you know, like I said, I get, when you got all the celebrities having like their little sound bites, like you know Usher saying, "I was inspired by the Style Boys," and you know Nas, who was a probably one of the greatest rappers of all time, saying, "Hey man, you know when they released that album, it inspired me to rap." 
like, <laughs> like this is a little too ridiculous, man. Like, it's it's hard for me to take that seriously funny. Like, like I a lot of, a lot of times I find myself, you know, kind of smirking. But I I get it. Yeah, I think they were trying to go for that a little bit, like a little bit of the cringy kind of, you know, I was inspired by this band to start, you know, if I never listened to so-and-so, I wouldn't have started, you know, my entire career today and everything. It was mocking those kind of things by grabbing the least likely people to be inspired by that kind of music. Right. And then you had um, Chris Red as Hunter the Hungry, who's who's basically yes. Tyler the Creator. Um, he's, he's such a great villain in this film, man. Like the moment where uh, he pranks uh, Connor, and I, I think he's supposed to have like this little thing that, that would have him switch disguises in between, you know, the the, pull, the oh, curtain pull up yes. and the curtain pull down, and then he had, his, he, had his, he had his dick tucked in. He was like, "Man, you pranked me! Like, like, like everyone knows I have a dick." He's like, "I mean, we didn't see it though, so do you?" <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of great moments in this. I think the best part is, even when they're having the exchange, he's going, I don't even know if I did that, man. I don't even remember. <laughs> and it's not until like toward the end of the entire movie that he's like, by the way, that prank, I did do it. And it was hilarious. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, yeah he Tim is... Tim Meadows, man. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh yeah, Chris Red as uh, Hunter the Hungry is absolutely perfect because he's great on Saturday Night Live, which is where he met Andy Samberg for you know getting into this position and everything in the movie, and it's great. See, I never knew he was on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, um, he's one of their biggest like uh, kind of uh, what is it? Where he like impressionist impressionists. Okay. Yeah, he does impressions for a lot of different people on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, man. Um, I, I want to say, though, Tim Meadows, dude. Like, Tim Meadows, to me, like, another guy that comes from, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live, he, I don't think he ever got, I don't think he ever gotten, like, the, the respect he's deserved in Hollywood. Like, he probably has the respect, but he, does, he doesn't have the star-making films that he deserves as a as a comedian because like his comedic timing from walk hard to this like how he just gives like so like like how he just gives like a cringy deadpan comic delivery of like absurd lines like like that's Mm -hmm. that's comedic talent oh yeah and he's he's great uh i think the i don't think he does stand up but i actually got to see him do stand up once and it was before the Lonely Island concert that was here in Detroit. He it was the only one where he was actually doing stand up before the show because every different city had different people doing like the intro for them. And here in Detroit, right. it was Tim Meadows, and his stand up is even great. It's he's just a great comedian, and it's sad that you don't get to see him in more stuff. But every time you see him yes. in something, it's great. Uh, but yeah, with his like kind of very like toned down sense of humor across everything crazy that's happening one of the favorite scenes with him in uh this movie is when they're trying to like get an opening act and he's like well there is one but you are gonna like it (laughs) did did you say say i i i I am i are (laughs) did you say are or aren't are He's like, I was part of a group called Tony Tone Tone. Um, oh, I no, had, it's Tony, I, I Tony, was... Tony, Tony, Tony. 
Right, right. I, I was the Tony that had the question mark because, you know, I, 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 that's just who I was. Um, so, you know, you, you go through ups and downs in your career. Um, when I left uh, Tony, 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 that was a down. And now I'm managing Connor for real. I think I'm in a down stage right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tim Meadows, dude. Yeah, it, it's so good. Uh, what was the other, the 30 Seconds to Mars thing? 30 Seconds to Mars is the name of a band, not a metric of time and travel. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, man. How about the, the the proposal scene with Seal and the Wolves? Yes. Okay, so it, did you catch that the background for that song is the same one as the Mona Lisa? I didn't. Yeah, so it's the same exact song, but the words are just changed, and the key is changed for the tempo of the music. So it's, you know, uh, Mona Lisa, you're the ugliest thing in the world, and then it's Ashley Wednesday, you're the sweetest girl, and whatever it is. But it's the exact same song with the lyrics changed. Listen to them back to back. It's another one of those jokes that you're not going to get but it's there that when you hear it, you're just going to go, this is, this is great. Like the song of calling something the ugliest thing in the world is the same song he used to like propose to his girlfriend. Right. Who's the gold, who's the gold diggiest of the world. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Even her quote, it, uh, I can't remember where in the movie it is, but I used to grow up reading U.S. Weekly and People Magazine, and you would see those like celebrity couples, and you were like, are they an actual couple, or are they just doing this for the fame? And I always wanted to be one of those couples. (laughs) U.S. Weekly is dissing me right now. The most respectable respectable, uh, uh, magazine in the world. (laughs) The TMZ um, moments were like, Oh, CMZ. (laughs) CMZ. Dude, Eric Andre, he's the type of dude that kind of like tries to control every moment he's in in a comedy. Like, uh, you know who he was in the CMZ, right? He was the guy with the dreads. Yeah, he was the guy that just goes on like a temper tantrum kind of moment, you know, freaking out uh, when they're laughing. Right, laughing extra hard, and they're they're just they're just staring at him and uh, Chelsea Peretti as they're like just like over laughing. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> his energy is like one of a kind. Eric Andre's something else. Oh yeah, everybody in the CMZ like things, uh, like Mike Birbiglia sitting in the background and kind of going, "Hey, I think we should you know respect them." Shut up, nerd. <laughs> you know, uh, there's. I can't no, remember. No, 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 no. That's what Joan Cusack. No, no. That's what Maya Rudolph said to um, said to uh, Jorma. Uh, Jorma was like, uh, says, asked about the refrigerator that plays. Oh, song. that's and right. She was like, she was like, shut up, nerd. And he looked at the camera like, oh, yeah, it's a real question. Yeah, okay. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a real question. No, there was another scene where like Mike Berbiglia. It's one of the CMZ ones where he's like, well, I think we should like respect him, and you know, he might be going As through a, person, a tough time. Yeah. Yeah, and then he says, and then he says we should look at Connor like for real. He says maybe for not or maybe yeah. not, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I can't remember which one of the CMZ uh, little things because I think they pop in like three or four times throughout the entire movie, just between different moments, just being at TMZ. But uh, I'm trying to remember who played the lead. Wasn't uh, Will Arnett? Will Arnett. 
and yeah. his cup just kept getting bigger every time it cuts to him it's a different cup and it's a larger cup every right. single time it, yeah then he uh then he starts sipping their cups when, when, oh, when, they, when they uh yep. yeah yeah because when, uh, when connor really falls off which somebody actually uh, put it side by side that with the actual like TMZ show, and it's so accurate it actually hurts a little bit <laughs> because it, even the people like where they were sitting is accurate to how they do it on the show, <laughs> like in some of the scenes. So they had to it have is. like been watching one of the episodes and went, "Okay, Eric, you're gonna." be uh, dressed like this and you're going to be sitting in this chair uh mike berbiglia we need you sitting like this and don't move from that position until this scene when you're going to switch to this and it's like one to one for an episode of tmz almost yeah they all laugh at his bad jokes you ever notice that when you watch tmz like they laugh at his bad jokes every joke he makes i'll be honest the only episode of tmz i've seen was the one where somebody did the comparison of cmz to cmz it's the only reference i I have yeah i mean i don't watch it but like the clips i've seen like every joke that um i think his name is harry levin or i don't know the name of the guys who runs tmz but like every joke he makes there's always someone (laughs) and funny one boss yeah (laughs) yeah that was a little too real um I love how Taylor Swift, <laughs> in the last minute, um, they asked Connor to uh, uh, perform at the Poppy Music Awards. This is after they reunited. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift has been arrested for murder. We need a host right now. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the whole ending of the movie is great, especially when he goes back to uh, the person played by Akiva. Uh, I can't remember what his name was in the movie. Kid Brain. Kid, kid brain uh but going to apologize to him look man i'm sorry that uh i didn't give you credit for the verses that we wrote okay that you wrote along with me okay that you wrote by yourself but i approved only the good parts okay i didn't approve any of the good parts you know what i was in the room well i was a little late that day and I left early. Oh, I didn't actually show up. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, it just, I love that type. Yeah. Where it just continually goes on and on. And you're just like, oh, this is this is starting to lose its funniness. Oh, nope. Now it's hilarious again. <laughs> I love that type of humor when it's done right. Like, I love, um, I love the scene where he tries to see who's really riding for him and who's not. And he gives all of them, like, pancakes that taste like dog shit. And uh, he says, Jorma, you passed the test. You you didn't lie. He says, man, you fed me dog shit pancakes. <laughs> We've been <laughs> friends our entire lives. <laughs> right. And then, the other, and then the other woman's just continually eating them like nothing's ever happened. And then, Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. And Michael Bowden coming out at the end, man. Have you ever heard their song with him? Uh, uh, Jack Sparrow? The- yes. Yeah. That is such a great song. Yeah, we talked about it on the last podcast, how like even during uh, his Netflix special, he still does the Jack Sparrow song. I never watched his Netflix special. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's a Michael Bolton, you know, a kind of concert. It's exactly what you would expect from that. But then out of nowhere, he plays the Jack Sparrow song in a very like serious tone. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, him, I like Michael Bolden. 
Yeah, he's great in this. Uh, then you have the uh, what was it? Uh, Justin Timberlake in the fish suit. You know, it, yeah, it was I, me. I was the fish. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that kind of uh, again, just like Old Town Road, you kind of you kind of hear a little of that um, foreshadowing and walk hard. That was like a foreshadowing to the mass singer. That mm-hmm. moment where the fish shoot. Like, you know, the mass singer is like a show where like singers like dress up in like like mascot outfits. You gotta guess which singer is which. Uh yeah, man. A lot of these films kinda like tell the future of like what happens in pop culture later. Yeah, it's it's so great. I up until now I forgot about Justin Timberlake being the chef in the movie too. And that's another like hilarious scene of I cut the carrots like five different ways, triangles shredded whole not whole uh <laughs> and that right, i right. love to see er- er- connor enjoy the food i eat and it just shows him like staring you know through the window pane of uh door as connor like reaches behind him eats a carrot bite and you just see justin timber like smiling <laughs> right um i'll take him as i i, I, I take him or leave him i i justin tim like didn't really like wow me in his role but i i get again like all the uh famous people giving their like you know hot takes i i get the point of having them in here yeah well it's a lot of it is they uh lonely island because of their like reference to saturday night live they have the contacts to get all these people in their movie of course very easily yeah. you know and a lot of people like Justin Timberlake are good friends with Andy Samberg now because of Saturday Night Live. Hmm. Yeah, this is uh, um, overall, man. I really enjoyed this movie. I think this one kind of made me laugh the most. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think I laughed more with Walk Hard than Pop Star, but Pop Star is another one where it's just constant. There's there's really no room for breathing between laughing. I got you. I got you. Um, yeah, not a bad palette of films, man. Uh, did you? Did you? Uh, did you want to do a countdown real quick? Uh, oh, man, this is a hard one to rate. If we're gonna do a rating of them, yeah, this one's definitely one of the hardest ones to kind of go through and rate. Because I love every single one of them. Um, man. I'd have to say, all these four, uh, fourth place would probably be Cell Block Four. Okay, uh, I can understand that. Third place, Spinal Tap. Okay. Uh, second place. Oh man, uh, I'd have to say Pop Star. Pop Star for second place, and then first place would be Walk Hard. I, I got I got to switch two places with you. I got Pop Star number one. I got Walk Hard at two. Because it made me laugh more. I got Cell Block at three, and I got Spinal Tap at four. Okay, so just one and two, and then three and four swapped around. <laughs> yeah, I I understand why why Spinal Tap is important. I understand why it's important, but it mm. it didn't really like make me laugh. Oh, see, with Spinal Tap, I it's hard to put Spinal Tap at number three because I've quoted that movie so much. Uh, 
especially with like the interviews that they do right. and that whole like but this one goes to 11 uh, the amount of times i've made that quote it's it's hard to put that one at number three but walk hard and pop star are such good movies that i absolutely love uh i've seen walk hard probably it's in the double digits for the amount of times i've seen that movie uh pop star when it was in theaters i thought saw it three times so i actually oh, wow yeah that one i got to see during a screening for it uh then there was a secondary screening later in the week so i went to a second screening of that one before it even came out and then of course when it came out in theaters i saw it with a group of friends as well so i saw that movie three times in theaters <laughs> and every time i was just laughing the entire way through uh, it's one of the few movies that when it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it, and I don't think it's on 4K, but if it is, I'm probably going to buy it. <laughs> you don't need that on 4K, man. <laughs> it, it, they deserve my money. <laughs> that one is good enough. enough. They deserve my money. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, man, not a bad palette of films. I uh, I, I enjoyed this little mix. So, uh, seen any films lately outside of these? Uh, anything you recommend? Uh, so due to us watching a bunch of like musical kind of comedies, uh, I did watch through Tenacious D again, just cause it popped up as a recommended kind of movie to watch. And I was like, oh yeah, that is a funny one. Uh, I, I still like that one. I know it's been, you know, kind of panned by both critics and fans, but I enjoy it. It's got the good Tenacious D music in it. It's got uh, Jack Black being Jack Black. Mm-hmm. It's hard to not like that one. How about you? Um, I recently like started a document a, do- a a documentary about David Arquette of all people. Um, one to like seriously get into wrestling. I know at one point when he came out with the the, the critically panned film Ready to Rumble. I don't even know if you remember that film. I, I remember it. He, um, WWE, it was, I think it was ECW. They did a stunt where they had him on and he became the world heavyweight champion. Um, it was, it was, a, it was obviously a, a scripted moment. And a lot of people, a lot of diehard wrestling fans hated David Arquette for that. So years later, he, he wants to do wrestling for real now. Like he's trying to like seriously train and become a wrestler. Um, it's an interesting documentary, man, because David Arquette, he kind of has like some, he kind of has like some demons he's, he's fighting as well. And, um, it's interesting, man. I'm gonna finish it, but, uh, it's an interesting documentary. Hmm. Obviously you root for him. Yeah. You know, especially when somebody's actually trying and everything like that, when it's like somebody that did something wrong that they're trying to kind of go back and fix you, you want to root for them. You want them to succeed and be able to do something, you know, big. So it makes right. sense. I'm going to have to check that one. Is that a newer one or is it for the documentary? Yeah, it's very new. It's recent. It just okay. came out on video on demand. Okay. That's right. Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music just came out on video on demand this last Friday. Yeah, I never got into those movies, man. I know those are cult classics too. Oh, see, I loved them. I found those ones hilarious. I got to watch this new one still. I don't have too much of high hopes for it, but if it can give me a couple laughs, I'll be happy. I mean, I've always liked Keanu Reeves. You know, um, some people say he's a bad actor, but I think he, 
when you give him a role that's a Keanu role, he's not bad. See, I everybody kind of goes he's a bad actor. And then I, I love Matrix. I think uh, he's I love John yeah. Wick. I I love yeah. a lot of his movies. I don't see where people say he's a bad actor, but the funny thing is the people that go, he's a bad actor, but I love him as a person. It's like what <laughs> That's kind of a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a he's an action film Nicolas Cage. I'm gonna put it like that. He's a very great action actor in some great action movies and in some bad ones. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'll give. I, I can say John Wick are some of my favorite action movies. They they have yeah. real punches to them, and I absolutely love them. Uh, even when they're coming out with what is it four and five are coming soon. I, I'm so excited for those. <laughs> Listen, I don't care that the dog's been dead a long time. I'm gonna go see each of those films. Yeah, it's it's required. If you're a man, it's almost required for you to see John Wick when it's in theaters. Yeah, there's uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the YouTube series Pitch Meeting before, uh, but oh. it kind of mocks like how some of these movies had to be like pitched to like producers and like companies to be made and i love the one for john wick is so i wrote this story where this guy has you know his entire life is in shambles he you know his wife dies but he gets a new dog and everything and then he runs into these like russian mobster kids that want his car but he doesn't give it to him so they come over and they kill his dog and then he switches like to the producer's perspective of oh there better be some people dying in this movie. Oh, don't worry. The entire rest of the movie is him getting retribution for the dog dying. There's a lot of people that are going <laughs> to die. I'm perfectly okay with this. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of do wonder how John Wick was pitched. Because, like, it, I, that, that, that is strange. Yeah, it is a strange kind of movie, but it's so good. Uh, and the it's one of those strange series that gets better with every sequel, too. Like most movies, you're like, okay, the first one is good. The second one's pretty good, but it doesn't stand up to the first. And the third one is okay. With John Wick, it's like, the first one is good. The second one is very good. The third one might be one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> John Wick 3 is one of your favorites? Oh, yeah. It's probably one of my favorite action movies. The action is there. Um, it definitely is kind of a nonstop Watching that film kind of makes you makes you feel like one of your bones have, might might have been crushed in the process because yeah. of how how extreme it is. Well, it's, it's nonstop action. and it's a lot of tension. You know. Yeah. And I I love oh. it. It's nonstop stupid levels of action, and I love it for a movie. There's like no dialogue scenes. Every single moment, you're just kind of going, "Oh, this this doesn't feel right. This isn't going to end well." Maybe I gotta maybe I gotta watch it again um, because. I don't know about one of my favorites, but maybe I got to watch it again. Oh, for me, it's it's one of my favorite action movies of all time. Like, that's not even, like, a question. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, so, uh, I think we're going to close this one off, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we talked about a very good bunch of films here. Um, I'm grateful to have this podcast, man. This has me... Um, watching films that i've always have always been on my radar but i never came around to watching so i'm uh, uh i'm really grateful to you for for recommending these three to me man and even oh, me yeah. revisiting C- cb4 
Well, yeah, I was surprised when I think I mentioned every single one of these at different points in time. And every single time you were like, yeah, I never watched that one. And it's like, how have you never watched any of these three fantastic movies? Dude, I, you know, I've met some people that still haven't seen The Lion King. Um, I, and I just look at them like, how is this possible? It's possible, man. Yeah. Some people just haven't seen some classics. It, it, it's a shame, but it is what it is. But at the very least, you have now seen them, and you now know the greatness that is Spinal Tap, Walk Hard, and Popstar. <laughs> yep, definitely. So, All right, y'all. This has been another great episode of a uh, double feature. Uh, quadruple feature this time around, but uh, I, I, next time we're going to keep it traditional, just to, you know, stay true to our name. <laughs> Back to the basics. <laughs> <laughs>